I mean, I've never been past the Mason Dixon line, so I don't. I mean, <laughs> it's just, I don't have in charge of all single barrels. <laughs> I will be HR. Damn, he did all of our taxes. How much that sucks. So everything he uh, Michael doesn't want to do, Danny does. Everything that's done, James does. So. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of BS and Bourbon, everyone. I'm Bob, and as always, I have the world-renowned barrel picker. We've got some great folks with us tonight from Penelope Bourbon. We've got Michael, and we've got Danny. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, Excited thank you for here. having us. Drink some bourbon. All right, Barack, what do you got in your glass, buddy? I got 116.6 proof. Gosh, right. I love it. Let me, uh, let me pour that one out. All right, we're drinking cast strength. We're, going, we're not even going to do this right. So I'm just going to dive in because that's what I do. Um, I, I was sipping on the 80 proofer, and I get what you're saying about a good, soft, easy drinker. I could see you on a, on a nice, warm Georgia day, 100% humidity. <laughs> but I, I could see sipping on that because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't punch you in the mouth. It's not super dry. You know, you can drink it and just enjoy it. Come back to it, sip after sip, and it's good to go. Because I'm not, you're not going to see me put nice in anything I drink. I just don't. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of people that do, but this is obviously really something that I wouldn't. It doesn't need it. it it's got, it's soft, it's delicate, it's balanced, it's good to go. Then I jump into this cast strength, and boy, that'll wake you up in the morning. <laughs> or, or not wake you up in the morning. <laughs> like I had a couple last night, and I was struggling this morning. <laughs> But I just, I just, I get my nose in there and Tarak, you, you've got a better nose and picking out some, some scents and some smells that I, I, I can't always articulate, but I could, uh, I could sometimes just say that, um, I really like it or I dig into it. I usually prefer like not the best nose, not the completely muted because what I have observed, and this is mostly in a barrel fix is that. The moderate amount of nose, and there is a lot more behind the scene. You know, if you don't smell a whole lot, there is a whole lot of things that is like uh, silent waters are usually deep, you know, mild, muted, semi-muted nose. And there is so much things going behind the scene. And what I like about it, there is a nose to it, but it doesn't overpower with the sense of alcohol at 116 proof. It, it's inviting nose with a little sweetness on it, little spice mingles with it. It doesn't have overpowering oak on it. I usually like oak to be subtle, whether it's young or old, and I jump on it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting. I keep smelling this thing. Very complex. I mean, the nose, several notes I'm picking up. Just a little bit of corn. I get a little bit of that rye. I get, like you said, that spice. It's not like uh, a buttered popcorn or uh, sometimes people describe with a young whiskey or dickle that, you know, overpowering corn. Yeah. Not yeah. that. It has uh, other things playing along well. I've heard, uh, I've heard of some, what have some folks said? Uh, people calling out like chocolate chips. I've no. heard, uh, I don't really get that. I can get a little like cake batter, I've heard before. Mm hmm. People, and uh, people have said pine. I don't get any pine, thank goodness. 
I do not. Yeah. So that person is wrong. Yeah, that's a turn off. I mean, that's standing. That is, you were wrong. I don't get it. Don't, get it but. don't review my bourbon anymore. I don't, what's funny is uh, when, we're, when we were first getting into this, like, because we didn't know. I didn't know what, like, people, like, they, you know, you get people be like, this is like from some, like, our first batch. Oh, this, you know, you don't, we don't know. And they're like, oh, this is very, it's very piney. That's so good. It's so Christmassy. <laughs> You're like, this is way back when. We don't get that, though. I don't get that at all, Danny. No, I know. I no, I think it's what's interesting is how I'm getting a, I think what's, what I find interesting is that the rye mash, so in the, in the mashes are, fairly basically the same the the rye uh in the 80 proof actually balances the blend very very much whereas if we lowered the the rye in our blend percentage the entire balance of that 80 proof falls apart but you don't really pick up much of the rye i i don't get as much of it um but with the the cast strength i get a i do get some of the pepper and spice on the finish on the cast strength. the different mashes pick kind of altered the different parts of the of the flavor, like the weed is really like the, the finish of the bourbon, the rye mash really kind of uh, dictates how it sits on your on your on your tongue. I'm pretty much agreeing with, with the nose. I do get a hint of citrus. It's a very slight bit. I mean, like the, the third time I went back to it, I kind of lost it, but it's very robust. Like the, the tasting notes say, it's very complex, but the finish I get like a smoky oak. Not overpowering smoky, but that smoky oak. I mean, it's it's really it's really good finish. It's like a yeah. It. I mean, I popped uh, yesterday for the thirty days of bourbon challenge. I popped an Eagle Rare, and it was like straight tannic on the finish, and it was kind of off putting. But it opened up a little bit and got a little bit better. But this is kind of tannic, in which I've not got that a lot until the past couple of weeks. It's very good. That smoke, oak, a little bit of sweetness, and that tannic kind of work together. Good finish. It's a it's slightly dry, not not bad, not bad at all, but but slightly dry and, and, and fairly you know medium to long. Very good finish. I like it. The way okay. I look at it is that we're only you can only go up from here, you know. So I think for what I was mo- like, and Danny, I'll give all the credit for Danny because he's the one who did the blend with us. I think you know now it's like I feel like we've got a good baseline for blending and and our process, and so. Uh, you know, I think that's what's exciting is now we can start to see where we can take this, um, you know, kind of in the future. And kind of what I was saying before, what we want to do with barrel strength is, you know, our 80 proof, we kind of just want to make that consistent. It's our 80 proof. It sits next to Basil Hayden's and we continue to chip away and get some of that market share, right? With barrel strength, look, at the end of the day, we're only going to run, we're going to do uh, two, you know, till we get a bigger, but right now we're going to do two releases of it per year. And we're going to let the barrels dictate what the blend is. We're going to use the same mashes. Perhaps we bring in, you know, maybe we'll keep getting older, but we're really going to call out that this is batch five coming up um, when we, when we uh, start shipping it in November. And so that's kind of the idea is like, we're, we, we want to have a little bit more fun, like kind of, you know, some folks do it like bookers obviously is does something similar. And, you know, I think that's where we want to take barrels because this is our favorite product by far to work with. It's the most, challenging from a, like a blend perspective and yeah oh i think this is one that we want to put a lot of focus and attention on from from how we're gonna you know the finished product of it yeah because we're, we're we're pretty happy with the 80 proof the profile in the 80 and uh but barrels that's like it's like a hunt you know hunt for hunt for the barrels hunt for you know specific barrel types or 
And as we like grow, we were starting to realize like certain warehouses at MGP, certain batches. We're starting to like learn all these variables that we can actually like go hunting for these good barrels and uh, and just keep trying to improve uh, batch over batch. Yeah, if y'all need help hunting, I, I can climb. I, to go. I got no Let's idea. Let's do it. Hell yeah. Let me tell you what you need to do. You need to get a 55-gallon barrel, get some honey in there, let it age a little bit. Dump your 55 gallons of this right here. Would it age about uh, six months? Oh. We should do it. We'll, we'll, we ain't look. We got the permit. Danny, let's throw, yeah. some, let's throw some money. I think yeah. that, that cash strength batch four with honey would, would taste really well. I, it would. That, it would. that smokiness, that's what I sometimes like when I, when I taste a honey product. That, that you ex, I expect that. That oakiness, smokiness, yeah. they probably pair well with it. Definitely. Well, you know, the other thing too is, you know, just if it, you know, with the honey side, it's like, you know, Danny, you know, we're looking for about maybe we can be trying to profile high, you know, the, some of these barrels that are coming in at us with a high honey note. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe it's like, well, we got to, we're going to have to pay up to get this older, you know, 99 corn because we get that honey, you know, so, you know, it's just a, just a different, different, you know, thought about it as well too. It's, but I agree. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, the, right. the Proofer, I mean, we haven't talked about it much as far as tasting, but the 80 proofer is no slouch. It's because it is 80 proof. It has more of that sweeter corn note to me, which is, which is okay. Just regular Tennessee whiskey corn. I wouldn't like it, but it's not, it's not as sweet. And then that syrupiness, like I told you the finish, the syrupiness of it. And I was looking to see how oily it was in the glass just a second ago. And it's, it's not really extremely oily, but that, like when you eat a pancake and you've got that syrup and the sweetness is gone, it, it, you can tell it was in there. And then you can, you can tell with this. For me right now, the finish on the 80 proofer is not as, as robust and, and, and predominant, but it's longer than, than, than the barrel strength for me. It, it actually is. That syrupiness that you keep mentioning in, in the tasting notes is there. It's predominant to me. I really like it. I mean, out of 80 proof bourbon, it's the best one I've ever tasted. No, and it's a good, I would, I would, I would, yeah, and it's a good price point, you know. I mean, look, I think that was the idea. I mean, if you're new to the category, like when I first started drinking bourbon, I was, you know, I was in that 80, 85. Like I didn't need to go like that's that was still pushing out. And heck, when I first started drinking bourbon, I was like doing like Kentucky mules. Like I was like, give me ginger beer and you know, let me mix it up. So I think uh that's awesome to hear. I appreciate it. I still grab the 80, like if I'm if I'm going out like to a friend's house, I grab the 80 and I just, I just drink it, you know? Yeah, it's the product that's going to appeal to a wider audience. Precisely. I mean, given that, you know, vodka's mostly 80 proof, your scotches are mostly 80 proof. It's in that wheelhouse that most people are going to appreciate and be able to appreciate. I mean, they have a lot of people, I put this in their glass, they're going to go, holy, wow. You know what's funny though? It's harder to sell the for for us to uh, to our retail customers um, in New Jersey everywhere. It's harder selling the eighty because the eighty proof. If that catches wind, where we start taking three or four percent, not that's a lot, but you start taking one percent of Basil Hayden's market share at that eighty percent. That's a ton. That's that's harder to sell that, which is a competitive price point that eighty proof than it is the barrel strength, which is more you know more expensive. And I think it's like because the, the 80 proof, we really have to explain where we're going with it, the, the demo. And, and, you know, it's it's a it's a longer term play, that 80 proof, meaning we want to capture, you know, we're trying to get 
non-bourbon drinkers or, you know, look, my wife never drank bourbon ever before I got into this. So obviously there's a little bit of an advantage here. Awesome, Penelope. But, you know, I'll be honest with you, she makes cocktails. She does the Nelly. She, lo- she came up with this. She loves it. It's a muddled strawberry. It's the Penelope 80 and lemonade. Simple as that. Great summer drink. You could batch it. We have it at the beach. So now she can drink bourbon drinks where she never did that before. And so it's funny when we do in-store tastings, which I know you can't, we can't do them in Georgia, but in Jersey, we, Danny and I probably had, did, the two of us, we probably did at least 350 in-store tastings last year. And what I mean, when I said our wives like hate us, like they really, because um, <laughs> every, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and even Sunday, Sundays are great times. One to three, we're banging out tastings. Almost every single tasting, we would have that Nelly cocktail because most people don't want to, you know, they're, they're not, they're going elsewhere. But with that Nelly, you're getting people into the category, which was, which was kind of the idea. One of the things we've always been looking at, uh, you know, I've, Danny and I always talk about doing like, especially coming up, you know, always thinking about there's uh, we've tested a four year, like 95, you know, like something that's like, you got, you know, for us, it's like, you got 80 and then you got barrels. There's nothing in, in between. And so, uh, you know, we've been looking at some, some, like, maybe there's a four or five year in that, you know, hundred proof range, maybe. You or, know. or we can just mix the 80 proof and a barrel proof together to our I, own proportion. Boom. Done. <laughs> <laughs> mix your own. The finish on this is is like twice as long as as both of the others put together. Really, on the yeah, eighty proof in the in the one yeah mix them together equal again, roughly what equal. Proportion. Yeah, so what proportion did he use? Yeah, one ounce, one ounce. Oh, okay. There's there's something really important about the eighty proof that I rarely don't talk about. Is I and this is just me personally. I don't know about anybody else. You know, but and because there is. There's no, there's literally, it's, I think it's like 96 calories per 1.5 ounces. Nothing mm-hmm. aside from that, but there's basically no sugar in it because the alcohol percentage is low. Mm-hmm. There's never been an instance where I, and I can drink a lot of that 80 where I ever, ever wake up with a hangover, ever. Barrel strength, I'm going to wake up feeling like shit. And, and that's, any high, that's any high proof alcohol. But it's interesting. I, I've always, one of the reasons, there's nights where I'm like, I just want to drink 80 because I just want to like have something and I don't want to wake up feeling like crap. Mm-hmm. And I find that, the, and it's partly because there's no sugar. It's it's crazy how it works. That's been our play, you know. It's interesting, and that's been our that's our number one seller to this day. That eighty proof. Well, I mean, I'm going to sell. I mean, when I'm at Daniel's, I'm going to push people toward it because I've actually tasted it now. I didn't taste it, so I didn't know what it tastes like. And people buy Basil Hayden's like it's going out of style. No, it's crazy. Uh, they got a nice package. I mean, that that's been, one of the thing with the Basil Hayden customers. What I observe is. They do not like hard proof, yes. and they do not like big finish. Mm. Yep. They, uh, those are the customers who want to drink, and they don't want to have aftertaste. And they uh, don't want to be hungover in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and it's everyone tastes different. Well, there was a classic example at, and uh, it was a neighborhood bottle share, and um, everybody brings something. Only example I gave, like what not to bring in a bottle share, was. Do not bring Jack or Jim kind of thing. Yeah. And I had somebody brought Willard, somebody brought Kasten this, that. I took 12 bottles because just I always have open bottles, bunch of it. <laughs> One of the neighbor brought a basil head in a koozie, and you can see there was a strain of ice uh, sticking on the side. He had his bottle in the freezer. And his thing was that that's the only way he can drink whiskey. Otherwise, it tastes like alcohol. Yeah. And 
I'm not in a neighborhood to judge a customer or criticize what his taste is. So I'm like, I'm going to be shutting up myself and I'm just going to observe what people going to, how the people drink and just listening to conversation. And he said, anything over 80 proof drinks like alcohol and like, oh, anything under 100 proof is like alcohol and caramel water. (laughs) That was me. And so just observing uh, how other people drink, like one of the things I tell people, like every time people complain about basil head and being too low proof, and I tell those customers is that if they make a 100 proof basil head and will you buy two bottles a week? And so basil head and customer buys two bottles a week regularly. So why basil head and as a business should listen to a customer who is going to buy one bottle six months? Versus the regular customer who buys 80 proof whiskey and buys once a week, once every other week, or you know three times a week, month. That's their staple. So even though their whiskey might taste best at a barrel proof, they will put that barrel proof under old ground label, and they will not put in a basil head and label. So and I got to tell just a quick story to kind of kind of go off that too. So with our 80 proof in New Jersey last year, we did all these tastings. Mm-hmm. Most a lot of the people that were coming in were like. What you're saying, they're coming in, they're grabbing basils, not thinking about it. Basils. Mm-hmm. Maybe the other, maybe the next day they buy wine. Maybe they're not all, you know, they, like whatever. We were getting a, you know, we would be getting a lot of swaps on. All right, I'll give this a well because we would taste it and they'd be like, oh, that's good. And it's a mm-hmm. lot of people. We hear that all the time. We don't. People say it's still forty percent alcohol. It'll do the job. Like it'll. Like, that's all I need. Mm-hmm. And when co- I'll be honest with you, when COVID hit. So we got a lot of that. We started to get a lot of that from the tastings. When COVID hit, we couldn't do tastings. So we're like, oh, fuck, what are we going to do? And it's the sell-through. It's the people that were buying the two bottles of basil a week. Now they're buying the two bottles of Penelope a week. And mm-hmm. we're just, that's what, that's why New Jersey's our strongest market. I mean, in Tennessee and Georgia are closely behind. But once that 80 catches wind, that's, that's kind of what we see is exactly that narrative you were saying you know, hopefully you start pushing Penelope a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, so far I sold uh, Battle Proof twice as I sold 80 Proof. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah. We're, we're going to come down there. We're going to do tastings. Mm-hmm. I love in-store tastings. I love talking to customers and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so my thing is, you know, just listen to a customer and observe. And it takes some time, a lot of energy. But Tennessee being Battle Proof market in general, it's so easy to sell Battle Proof. I don't have to walk around the table like and tell pers- customer why they should buy Battle Proof or why they should not. Most of the customers look at the two bottles of Penelope side by side and they come and grab Battle Proof. Oh, yeah. I can see it in the re- depletion. They sold, they, they sold out a barrel string. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and I don't have any left. All right. Well, Tarak, I appreciate you joining in. Yes, Your sir. Always is greatly appreciated. Nice to have someone who knows how to pick a barrel uh, on the show. <laughs> well, we all do together. It's not one person's opinion. Sometimes I do listen to a customer and I can't drink a whole barrel. So I had to pick what customer will buy. That's why James and Bob join on Battle Pick, right? Yep. Absolutely. He tr- he trusts the palate, not Bob's, mine. Well, somebody has to drive, James, after we drink. I hope Bob drives. <laughs> no. 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 I don't drive. <laughs> James, will, James will attest, I don't drive. <laughs> I don't drive. I don't edit. Some things I don't do. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't found anything you do yet. 
just show up and just do podcast. He just complains all the time. I mean, it's just one constant complaint after another. Oh my god, that's so funny. I, I tell you, put up with you like I did. Hey man, I, I mean, just keep riding the train, son. I'll take you to the top. <laughs> well, Tarot, I appreciate you joining. Yes, you sir. Moving, and uh, we'll be talking with you soon. All right. Uh, I'll see you around. Again. See you, Bye. Guys, I, I am like really into this barrel string 80 blend thing you got going on here. <laughs> like, I'm just like really. You just really thought you it. could blend. <laughs> oh it's very dynamic for, for what it is. Yeah. Kenny, you got to send them uh, both the uh, – we've got to send them down both those, all our uh, experimental stuff. Mike touched on it before. Like, ooh, we have this, like, limited release skew that we're going to kind of just experiment with and release stuff, I don't know, seasonally. We're not sure yet. I mean, our first is coming out in a couple of weeks, but um, we're, we're excited to, like, just try different uh, barrel finishes and maybe a honey barrel. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we have a couple of different experiments going on right now and just seeing what works and what doesn't. Danny, I, I've been to your, that's the, the most recent one that's about to come out, the rosé finish. Talk, talk to us again about the grapes and the sweetness of it and, and the route y'all went and why. Yeah, well, like. Um, you did really good before it, the idiot hit record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Mike was saying, like Mike's wife one day was just, Hey, why don't we do a, a rosé finished bourbon? Because we're Mike and I were talking about different finishes and sherries and uh, rum finishes, all this stuff, right? That's out there. And, and she goes, what about a rosé finish? And we're like, all right. But like, it kind of like stuck with us and it was a little, it was on brand and we thought about it a little more. And then this was the middle of winter. This is like between 19 and 20, right? Uh, go to liquor store and I'm like, just I grab a rosé and mix it with, with our bourbon. And I'm like, that's a little weird. But keep thinking about it. Go back to the liquor store and literally buy I Actually, I think I went to like three or four liquor stores and bought every rosé on the shelf. Imagine being like, read the cash register being like, what is wrong with this person? Yeah. <laughs> so at one store, the guy goes, you know, it's winter, right? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so like, I had a rosé, so... And anyway, we found out, and like Mike and I were mixing them, and we found out that there was one type of grape varietal that worked mm -hmm. in our bourbon, like that blended well, and it was a Grenache grape, right? So there's like a few 100% Grenache rosés out there. Um, so grabbed a couple of them. Then the next step was like take oak chips, right? Like to just to like mimic what a barrel would do to it. So soak the oak chips in rosé for like 30 days just to get this, the chips real like, you know, just soaked with the rosé. And then put the bourbon in the chips. See what that does, right? It lasted, uh, you know, did it like 30 days. And like there's different formulas out there about, you know, like how many grams of chips to milliliters of bourbon that would mimic like a 30-day finish, a 60-day finish. Anyway, we played with that for a while. Found like a really good combination we know this guy from Spayside Barrels, right? Great guy, Rob, the man. Love he, that guy. This guy is like an encyclopedia of anything barrels, wine, anything spirits or wine, he knows. So we go to him and we say, is there any way you can find 100% Grenache Rosé oak barrel in the world? 
and he's got a lot of different connections across the world. And he was like, well, first off, most rosé is just like fermented in stainless steel barrels. So we're like, yeah, we know, but like there is some rosé that's like in oak We're like, Bob, I don't want to hear that. Like just go figure, like, come on, Rob. Like, this is like a needle in a haystack to try to find this. You know, you want a specific grape in a rosé that's usually in stainless steel mm-hmm. and you want an oak barrel. So he actually came back three weeks later. He's like, I found barrels in France, 100% Grenache rosé barrels. Um, and before they were used for rosé, they were used for Pinot Noir, whatever. We were like done sold. <laughs> hey, Rob, how many you got? He's like 12. I go, put them on a container, dude. Send them yeah. over. That was, a, that was a week before COVID. <laughs> that was a week before the, like everything shut down. Yeah. I remember that anyway. Yeah, I was like, I go, Rob, I go, you're the, you're, Rob, if you were here, I'd give you a hug. I go, send them on over. Get call France. And then that was it. Then COVID hit and I said, we got to cancel this. We don't, can't, like, we can't be doing new products. Well, we, yeah, I mean, we didn't know what was going to happen. Like, right, you know, we didn't know if we were going to sell a bottle or, or not. But yeah, we, so the, the barrels came over and we weren't going to do it. And and we were talking to the space side guy, Rob, and he's saying like, these barrels are going to go bad. And Mike was like, well, we got to do it. So we, we compromised, did. we filled them up halfway. Got some barrels, we found our barrels to do the blend, you know, something a little more like, like the wheat, the wheats were a little sweeter, just to kind of play on like the sweetness of the rosé. Like we really had to pull that rosé out, right? Rosé is like super light, delicate, like, so you really have to try to pull it out. So we put it into the barrel and then, um, I think we were talking about this before, Bob, about putting in the barrel at 100 proof. We did that, you know, everything's better at cash strength, right? that's like the perception but like we were thinking about rosé and it was delicate and and we did a lot of research and we found that the alcohol like alcohol and water are very different the way they react to flavors so like alcohol doesn't want to accept flavors but water wants to accept flavors like water wants to take the molecules of like the sugars and the fatty acids from like different flavors and 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 pull them in so we thought if we brought it down to 100 proof there's more water in the blend that water and that blend would accept more of those like fatty acids and sugars from the rosé. And uh, so we put it in the barrels at 100 proof and uh, they've been there for three months right now. We're ready. We're about ready to dump them. I'm, I'm pumped about it. Look, no one, I don't, I mean, maybe someone has done it. I haven't seen it. But I think that's what's fun. It's it's like, I, we, you know, I, I mean, that's what's exciting about it. I mean, I've been, I've been drinking a little bit here, gentlemen, so I'm starting to get some of my words a little bit, but uh, Dan, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I, that was a long time in the making through a crazy year, forged ahead, and hopefully people like it. But at the end of the day, we like it. And so, you know, I think we're happy with it. We're extremely happy with it. And Yeah, do not ever put pumpkin in the bourbon or we'll never talk again. Pumpkin? No pumpkin in the bourbon. Ooh, yeah. no Don't bastardize it, please. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Imagine, Danny, imagine doing that. You've got, you know, the pumpkins aged. In pumpkin. <laughs> pumpkin aged bourbon. <laughs> Basil Hayden's is going to jump above you again. <laughs> in a jackal lantern. <laughs> so funny, man. You got the rose. Now, what are a couple other things that y'all are playing around with that may make it to market, may not, but you're, but you're at least experimenting with? Like, where, where are you at right now? What are you looking at? I think, and what we want to do, uh, Right now, 
the first thing that I think we're going to bottle in house, we're, we're debating between just doing a really small, like, you know, maybe like just something tiny of PX uh, in house. We love I, that PX was nice because it was a short 30 day finish and it was really rich uh, and a great flavor at cast rank too. Um, and then we also liked uh, what I really liked was this 60 day Olorosa, Olorosa uh, with cognac, which was three months. So 60, 90, double cast finish. Very, you know, just got the little sweetness up front with that real rich syrup butter cognac on the finish. And it was awesome. Yeah, it's tough. Um, and we'll send them to you guys too. So you can take a try. Like, we'd love to hear what you think. Yeah. It's going to be down and dirty. Like, we, you know, we're like kind of, we don't have crazy, like, we can't, we don't have some. We can't just we don't we can't do these things at scale. So we'll probably be hand bottling it, heat gun sealing it. But you got to start somewhere, right? Well, I mean, you're you're one year in, you know, one calendar year so far. I mean, I, I think you are doing great things at, at what you what your age. And you know, you went through COVID. Um, you went through the craft distillery boom, and so far you're surviving. Some some closed. I mean, we had some locals here that that, that shuttered up. Uh, Zach Brown Distillery. Well, especially, well, here's one of the reasons why we don't, so we, you know, obviously we partnered with Castle K. We didn't, you know, cost a lot of, you have to raise, I mean, whether you have the money or you raise money, building a distillery, craft distillery, this, it's not cheap. I mean, there's a lot of expenses that goes into it. I mean, these are nice things. Like even a still is freaking expensive. Mm-hmm. All that's expensive plus overhead. However, what you have is you've got this on-premise where people are coming to your distillery. You're, you got the tasting room and you got a gift sheet. I got some stuff. We never had that. So our focus was kind of always on like selling, like just selling, getting, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but we didn't, having an on-premise was something we've never had. Um, we still don't have, we have a warehouse. And we tell people, they come to our warehouse, we're like, just want to let you know, there's like, there's like chemical bins everywhere from like the 70s. So just disregard all this stuff. Oh, thanks. <laughs> all I know is there's about to be a BS and bourbon sticker on a honey barrel from Penelope Bourbon. Danny, we should do that. We should seriously. I'd be, I'd be kind of interested. Like, why is it not? I mean, why not? Fuck it. We got the five. Just some money in there. So where can they find you, Michael, Danny? Y'all uh, individual on Facebook, Instagram. At Penelope Bourbon is our is our Instagram. We got PenelopeBourbon.com. Facebook. Uh, what is it, Dan? I don't even. We don't really use we, Facebook. Penelope we just on Instagram over there. But um, Facebook.com/slash Penelope Bourbon. That's really it. I mean, that's we just really use Instagram, Facebook, that stuff like that. So it's a BS and Bourbon, the and the ampersand is that what's called, Bob? And then uh, us on Instagram, BS and Bourbon dot ATL. So pretty much, I post on that, and then Bob, who is cooler, James or Bob? <laughs> like really? What? A, by the way, I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even looking. I'm picking the first one. Okay, so I don't want to just. That's James. James. That's ridiculous. It, it used to say, and Bob keeps changing it, so it says, who's cooler, James? And it had like three thumbs up, and it says, Bob sucks. He's a stinky-ass Georgia Tech fan that nobody even likes. But, yeah, join in. Um, if y'all have something coming out, feel free to post it in there. We've got a lot of good bourbon drinkers. Just go through the pages of – All right, guys. Thank you so much for your time. It's been an honor, a pleasure. Look forward to talking to you again soon. And uh, y'all be safe. Yeah, we can't wait. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. It's been awesome. Be good. Uh, Bye. Bye.